0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: It's the True Face Newcastle United podcast. I'm Alex and I have Charlotte and Cy with me and Newcastle United did not get fucked over by VR at the weekend because we didn't play. Uh, football has just been confirmed. Breaking News, we're back against Bournemouth on Saturday. Can't fucking wait for that, particularly after missing the weekend. Uh, should be absolutely class. We have a full Bournemouth preview for patrons this week on that platform. Come along for £8 a month. You can listen to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice as well all the information's on there but let's get into what we want to talk about today and that's a little bit of a, a six game seven games including the cup season review so far how we feel about what's gone on how we feel about what might happen next have our perceptions of this team in this season changed since preseason? now we have a small body of games to analyze Sai, i'll start with you mate. one win in six one defeat in six much else has happened um your thoughts on our start of the season pal
2: Probably probably below par on reflection. Now, there's reasons for that, and I don't think the performances have necessarily been below par, but the points total and where we sat in the league currently based on the first six games is probably not where we'd want to be. We'd want to be a bit higher. You would have expected to have a few more points on the board after some of the fixtures we've had. Um, obviously, we've played Manchester City and Liverpool, and even though we're much better these days, they're still games you'd consider to be unlikely to return any points, but because we've dropped points in other games, overall, below par. I mean, if you, if you look at um, <clears throat> where we were after two games, four points from our first two, and Man United were bottom of the league with zero points, and now look where they are. They're back in fifth, and they're five points ahead of us already. That doesn't feel right after where we were at the um, in the middle of August. So it's a bit of a funny one, because the, the reason we are only on seven points is largely down to bad luck. Um, you know, we, we should definitely have had more points, in, in most of the games we've played so far. Certainly Palace deserved deserved the three. There was an argument that we could have um should have had a point at Liverpool. Wolves, we weren't at our best, but we still could have won that game in, in injury time with a with with Anderson hitting the bar. Um, Man City had a two-goal lead and didn't didn't hang on. So it's not like we're I don't where what what's different this time round is that we're on seven points, bottom half of the table, but we don't deserve to be, we deserve to be high so that's encouraging. Um, but certainly, I would have expected more, and it's a little bit, a little bit underwhelming to to, to look at the league table and see us below the likes of Fulham and uh, and Leeds.
1: Thought Charlotte size says he's a he's a little bit underwhelmed, a little bit below par. What, what what do you make of the same question and Sai's response?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because we um we we assumed that this was we were just like the form that we finished on at the end of last season. And then the the form that we have started on, we we aren't we aren't winning games. and so I guess that's why we're below par, but it, uh, in in size mind. But to me, like, I don't know, I, I struggle with that. I don't think we're below par because I think performance wise we've still been great, and we've also been struck with injury. Now, the injury piece is interesting because it's happened quite early on in the season that we've had like several of our big players out. I think that's a big problem. But I'm hoping that that means that that's that's our, like that's not going to be a recurring theme throughout this season. I know that what they work on is strength and conditioning, like in a big way, under Eddie Howe, and I know he's constantly trying to improve. Um, so that is my that would be my main concern. I don't. I'm struggling with below power. I don't like it as a phrase, and I don't want to. I don't want to say that we've been below par. I think our performances have been really encouraging. We're still building something here. Um, and I think, you know, wins and goals will come. It's just a shame that they haven't yet.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you, Charlotte, and, and come back to you a little bit, Sai. I'm, I'm, of course, interested in your thoughts on what me and Charlotte uh, view on this one. I almost feel... Like more positive about my view that Newcastle are going to be top six contenders this season. Newcastle's Newcastle's August, and to an extent, kind of first couple of weeks of September, was always going to be hard. It was a hard start to the season after the the, the simplest of starts, as it were, against Forest in terms of the newly promoted side at home, as it was a gift almost, and Newcastle's dominance in that game um, proved that to be the case. You've then got Brighton designs on the top eight, you probably got Wolves designs on the top eight away from home. You've got Liverpool away. you got man at your home. And then you got Palace, which is a very winnable game that we didn't win, but who have also definitely got designs on a top 10 finish. You haven't played anyone there apart from Forrest. He'd say, banker, you look at that and think three points. And he cast have lost one of those fixtures, which was largely down to a referee. Um, therefore, I would like to believe when we look back later in the season in this, add in Charlotte's points about injuries. You know, the big question about Newcastle's start to the season was would Callum Wilson stay fit and how badly would it affect Newcastle United? Well, not only have we lost Wilson for three of the last, or or four games, including Tramir in the Cup, we lost ASM, who started the season incredibly well, and we lost Bruno Gamara, our best player. And yet to still be in the position where I feel we should have won at Wolves, definitely based on large parts of that game. Um, We could have won at Brighton, but I don't think we deserve to win, but we could have. Uh, Again, questionable refereeing decisions didn't help us there. Um, We could have beaten Manchester City. um, We could have beaten Liverpool. Refereeing decisions. And we definitely should have beaten Crystal Palace. I think as an overall, that's an incredibly promising picture. Now, I agree with you that you have to turn some of those performances and some of the dominance and some of the hard luck even into points and into wins. But for for an opening six games of the season, considering the opposition that we are faced, we've only faced, I would argue, one bad team. One. Wolves were a bit shit but from my argument we've only faced one bad team. <laughs> um and with everything against us to have only to have only lost one and to have been been so close to beating Crystal Palace and, and so close to to getting more than a point at Wolves and more than a uh, more than a defeated Liverpool I think it bodes really well and if you look at the fixtures coming up yes we'll, we don't know how it would have gone on at West Ham with West Ham's uh, resurgent form and their own VAR outrage and the crowd kind of behind them for that. I honestly think that when we look back at the start of the season, it will have been the platform to greater things. Back to you, mate. I don't know whether we've convinced you at all or going <laughs> to come back. And no, look,
2: I, I did say a, a lot of the um, the reason for our underwhelming results was the, was some pretty bad luck, and, and whether it be referees and I agree. The injuries haven't helped. A lot of teams have injuries just because of how mental the fixture uh, schedule was for August through September. Um, <clears throat> we thought we were going to get a break um, from that and then suddenly the fixtures are going to get squished up again before the World Cup um, because of events out of our control, obviously. Um, Yeah, I I think I agree with you. I I haven't changed my opinion on where we might finish this season. I think we're still on course for um, a top six, largely because, one, I think we've been playing some decent football, like Charlotte says, and we will go on a run. We haven't been on any kind of run. We've only won one of the first six games, but we've played well and we will go on a run where luck is in and and we do get those results even if it's narrow victories we'll do some luck in that regard I also think based on the rest of the Premier League and how it's kind of played out so far everyone's taken points off everyone so it's just not that straightforward in terms of it might not be a race to 60 points to get in the top six it might just be a race to to somewhere in the 50s it might just be a case of right we'll we'll keep getting points off for the teams and, and win all the games that we're supposed to win um because Man United, Spurs of, of all lost games that they weren't expecting to. Liverpool, especially, um, and then those teams around us currently, like the and Fulham's, have got that bounce from from the early, uh, you know, from from being newly promoted kind of momentum. I mean, Mitrovic aside, mm. uh, Fulham would would have very few points. Um, it's just, it's a really interesting Premier League so far this season, and I think all we have to do is stay where we are, which is we've only lost to one of the best teams in the league. We're not losing games. We're certainly in every game. And um, I don't think it'll be a case of winning four or five and the bounce will be necessary at any given point in the season. But we do need to go on some sort of run to separate ourselves from that that pack of five or six teams at the moment that could easily say they're in with a shout of of eighth. But I still think we're the best of those teams. Um, So, yeah, I, I did agree with you. I'm just disappointed that we have got seven points because when you look at that top four or five, it already looks quite far away from us, but that's not to say that within a couple of games, based on what I've just said, we wouldn't catch them right back up.
1: One of the most promising things for me is that we've, we've played what, before the season, was considered the two far and away better teams than everyone else in the division, Manchester State, Liverpool, and Newcastle have a big shout to take six points from those two games. You know, big shout to take six points from Manchester City and Liverpool. And that's never that's never really been the case before. Certainly, yeah. certainly not not consistently anyway. And also, if you look at the strength of the performance, um, you know, definitely up to sixty minutes at Anfield. Again, it's not it's not just what we did; it's what we did without the players that we had. If Newcastle can throw Newcastle, I'm missing John Joe Shelby, um, Callum Wilson, Bruno Gamarish and uh, Alison Maximine. Those four improve Newcastle United. It, incredible amount and to be disappointed with it with a with a one two in a 98th minute goal i don't know i just maybe it's just because there's been no football this weekend and i'm starved of happiness in my life as a result like i just i just i just really feel like we're on the cusp of something special without wanting to exaggerate too much because nick pope is man of the match against manchester city and you know newcastle's performance uh kind of 70 minutes onward against liverpool for a variety of reasons Probably should and could have been better if some of the decision-making hasn't been great. So this isn't Newcastle the best team in the league and we're going to smash everyone. But I honestly believe that the platform has well and truly been laid. Throw in Alexander Isak. So we're talking about pre-season expectations and how things have changed. We've now got a £60 million centre-forward who looks absolutely fucking class. I just I just can't wait for Bournemouth on, on Saturday.
2: We, we played three of those six games without Mighty Target as well, remember? A player yeah, who I generally uh, thought would, would play every game this season. I didn't think he'd get injured at all. How does Mighty Target get injured, man? It's just not fair. So, yeah, three of those games. with And Dan Byrne was very good defensively at left-back. But that did just kind of upset the rhythm of how we like to play. There was, there was very little balance. And Dan Byrne can't really get forward and support Alex anderson Maximan in the same way that Mighty Target can defensively fine. But it did mean that our attacking uh, was a bit lopsided and it, it wasn't quite as fluid as it as it can be. And we've, we've looked better since Matty Target came back in the team. And again, that's I hate saying that because it sounds like I'm dissing Dan Byrne. I, if, Dan Byrne's been excellent wherever he's played, but yeah, I think having proper fullbacks and the way we play is very, very important.
3: I don't think it sounds like you're dissing Dan Byrne. I think it's just, it's factual, isn't it? Matt Target, that's his position. And Dan Byrne's been filling in in that position, but that isn't his position. So it's, you know, having him back is going to be, has been brilliant. And we are, you know, a better side when he's when he's playing in his position.
2: 100
1: yeah, percent Yeah. No, totally agree. Totally agree. And you know, we we've talked about this season on the true faith podcast. We've talked about what's gone wrong refereeing decision wise, VAR wise. We did a podcast on VAR on Patreon full podcast. Uh, if people want to check that out, they can. Um, but for now, we are gonna uh, take a short break. Here's a couple of adverts from our paymasters.
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member Want I
1: want to move on to part two of the show now. Si, I'll ask you to kick off again, mate. Looking at not just Newcastle United, looking at our rivals, say Newcastle United are looking for between tenth and seventh, and anything else is a bonus. How how are you measuring up those sides? I played your Leicester, your Wolves, your Brighton, um, Villa, probably definitely in that conversation. Um, you know, has anything that you've seen from them, on both from us, um, con- you know, made you consider us being vastly superior? Of any of them surprised you? You know, how, how are we going to do once this is all sorted after 38 games from what you've seen so far?
2: Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Somehow, after after two games, the league was on its head. You had Man United, Leicester, West Ham, who's the other team in that conversation, and Wolves, all bottom four, winless, looking terrible. And you're thinking, hang on, this is our season here, lads. And then you look at the league table now, it's pretty much back to the traditional top seven. Obviously, Brighton are up there, but they've just had their manager took off them. We've nicked their director of football, that I can see things going a bit sour down there very quickly, but maybe not. Maybe the the players and the team spirit there. Brighton have certainly surprised everyone, and they've continued that improvement that they've taken into this season. Um, but obviously the rest of the teams we have mentioned, um, Leicester are are, are a, a spent force. They look absolutely awful. And I don't I don't know how they turn that round. They've had to sell players. They haven't been able to buy anyone. Something's not right at that club. And I mean they won't get relegated. I'm sure that they've still got enough quality to get themselves out of that rut but they'll certainly they they're, they're not going to get back into the, the the upper half of the league. Um West Ham's an interesting one because they they spent big in the summer as did we. Um and we thought they would be the ones that would be vying for for that kind of non-traditional top 6 spot. Um and they've had a pretty poor start. Now they're juggling European football and playing on Sundays. Maybe that's maybe that's a struggle. Um I watched the uh, Newcastle Palace game in a in a bar in Poland on a phone because the bloody bar was shown in the West Ham-Chelsea game, so I was drawn to it quite a bit, and I, I, they got robbed. They got absolutely robbed of Ivar. and I also thought they played very well, and they're, they're not a relegation zone side at all. I think they'll they'll find themselves back at the table, but it's nice to know that we've got a bit of a head start on them, because they are still probably the rivals we should be expecting, but it might depend on how long the European campaign goes on. Um, Villa, I'm going to have to sack Gerrard, because they're they're, they look awful. They look really awful and very beatable. So I don't think they're on the question. Wolves are, Wolves are a, another team that I, I didn't think they were very good against us. I agree with you, Dodds. I think they're, as a side, people have kind of worked them out. They're, they're quite easy to play against. They'll pick up points, but I don't think they're really going to upset the apple cart. It's the, it's the unexpected rise of your Brightons and maybe Brentford could be concluding that conversation because they've played some really good football. But yeah, I, I think I'm encouraged by the fact that None of those sides that we were worried about finishing above us in terms of that top seven, top eight conversation look better than us, um, despite our kind of underwhelming, as I put it, uh, start of the season. Now, um, other teams like Man United that we want to measure ourselves against have gone from terrible to looking pretty, pretty good. I mean, they, they got a bit lucky against Arsenal with VAR again, but after they took the lead, they looked very much in control of that game and Arsenal capitulated and you saw some real quality there. Um Tottenham, Man City and Arsenal look very, very good. So there's, it remains to be seen what happens at Liverpool. They've had a dodgy start, but I'm sure Klopp will turn it around. So that getting into the top six is still a massive challenge. Um, Chelsea have, have gone for Potter. Let's see what happens there. I don't know what... I have no idea what to expect from that that turn of events. Yeah. So top six is still a huge, huge ask. But I fancy us over the rest of the pack, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, I... Agree with you, Sai. Pretty much, and 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 I also just want to say, top six should be a huge ask. Like that is a, it's a, like to finish in the top six is is a massive achievement, especially considering this time last year we were basically assuming we were going to be relegated. Like, but like, <laughs> the, to finish in the top six would be mint. But I want it to be hard. I want us to really like go to, I want the conversation not to be about like Aston Villa and and even Wolves. I want the conversation to be like Man United now that they've found their form. I want the conversation to be about those teams. Are we going to be, what, are we going to take the game to space? Like that's where I want us to be. And so I I think there are some question marks over those teams that are in and around us who are vying for that that, that spot I'm very interested to see what happens at Brighton now I think that they will only get worse they can only get worse right they they didn't get rid of Potter because it wasn't going well for them they got rid he was poached by a team that needed new direction we've taken yeah. Dan Ashworth as you rightly pointed out and one of the things that Potter said in his leaving statement to Brighton he made a note to like call out Dan Ashworth and say like he's the person um that's made like made this for me. So great. Love that for us. I think that's <laughs> really promising for us. As you say, I don't think Villa are in the conversation they're in are in a bit of a, a bit shitty position. Lester not great. I I, I I have absolute faith that we we have we have played really good entertaining and good football in these first few games this season okay we haven't picked up the points we wanted but as we've said we have been without our best players our best players are about to come back um and I really I really do think that the conversation is us looking at who is in that top six now and and upsetting upsetting things that way
1: I think the Brighton point's a really good one. Brighton just haven't just lost Potter, they've lost their whole coaching staff. Yeah. Like, remember when Padre went and there was a bit of a rumour that they'd put Colicini in charge for a bit? Well, Adam Milana's <laughs> in charge at, at Brighton. It's like it's not that's not a good place to be <laughs> when one of your older central midfielders is, is taking training because there's literally no one else. I think when you look at Brighton, Gray and Potter revolutionised that club, and, and yet yeah, they're a well-run club, and, and we kind of respect them a bit. Don't respect them for much else, but respect mm-hmm. them for how they're how they're run, and the ambition that they have is great, and the infrastructure they've built. But if you rip out Ashworth and you rip out uh, Potter from what they achieved, then. It's going to be really, really tough for them to maintain what they've been doing. And that's a shame and that's the nature of the Premier League. I think it cost Chelsea £20 million to take Potter yeah. and, his, and his coaching staff, which isn't a lot of money really when you think about the importance of a manager to a team. But I, I, I agree with what you said, Charlotte, there. The, the, the promising thing so far for me, particularly in the games against Palace um, and Wolves, we were shorn of so many good footballers, and we still have come away from those games thinking, should have won those games. Yeah. Should have won those games. And th- these, are, these are reasonable teams in the Premier League. These are teams that would have no designs on going down this season. And like you correctly say, Charlotte, when you look back at last season, and it, it is going to be easy to do that. And I consistently say we'll have to stop doing it because <laughs> things are different. But it is it is the same patch of grass, it's the same people in the ground, it's some of the same players. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we used to play Wolves and Palace, which have always been kind of historically tight games in recent years, they've been tight games with Newcastle hanging on and Newcastle scoring their only shot on target. Newcastle were, were like much, much better than both of those teams for large parts of those games, and that Palace game, particularly Palace. Patrick the is thinking fantastic point going away to Newcastle, getting an the draw, and Palace had practically no injury concerns in Newcastle are without three of their full... I am going to keep including Shelby to do him the, the the service he deserves. Newcastle are without four guaranteed starters who massively improve the attacking quality of that side, so really positive there. And like you say, you look at teams who are who are still spending big in this league, Villa everton west ham all spent fortunes this summer all look worse all look worse you can't say that about Newcastle. you can't say yeah. Newcastle look worse i think it'll be very very harsh to say Newcastle look worse than even at the end of last season considering the players that we've got out um and, and then you look at some of the teams around us side great shout on brentford deserve a lot of credit um people thought they might fall apart with chris and erickson even quite the opposite happened um you know brentford leads fulham um, Southampton, even Bournemouth, up there with a couple of crucial wins, uh, both at the start of the season and, and last weekend. But I don't, I don't expect Newcastle to be in a conversation with any of those teams. To, you know, as we get to the end of the season, every chance that I'm wrong, but I think our quality will win out, particularly when we start getting players back. I also feel, and this is based on absolutely nothing, I also feel that we've kind of had the bad luck and injuries. That's what you hope. Like to lose any of those players is always going to be pretty catastrophic for the team. But to lose them all at the same time for several fixtures, like yeah. if that's our it, bad injury look out the way. And side great shout on Matty Target earlier. I totally forgot about that. Um, you know, can we, and now you know we've had a bit another bit of bad injury news, although not as bad with Cardola going down, having to buy a whole new player to replace him because you know a bit like Chris Wood and Paul Dummett not getting selected when. Key players are on their position. Mark Gillespie doesn't look like he has a future for (laughs) first-team football at Newcastle United, unfortunately for him. Now we've signed a, a new goalkeeper, but there's just so many positives to draw on. A few negatives out there, and Eddie Howes has probably been the most vocal at all about our lack of clinical finishing in front of goal. Um, but it's just really, really promising. You've you got to go and beat Bournemouth, that said. You know, you yeah. have you have to go and do that. We can't sit here every week after every... If it's another frustrating what could have been performance against Bournemouth, then, you know, you can take the positives from it and then look ahead to Fulham in two weeks' time. But because because that Bournemouth game is sandwiched now... You know, there's a, been a, a break before and a break after. I would expect Newcastle to, to really go there, particularly if those key players are back, and really give them a, a, a really, really tough game, as we did Nottingham Forest, to be fair, at the start of the season. It'll be really interesting on that one. Any other um, topics for you guys from the start of the season? Any other themes, any other players and performances that you think are relevant in this small review that we're doing of Newcastle's first six games, seven, including the League Cup? I think, yeah, yeah um,
2: the, the injuries... Every team's going to get injuries. It's a weird old season. There's a there's a World Cup in the middle of it. We've had a mental early start. The weather's also been really hot. We yeah. play a high intensity, high all guns blazing kind of football, which is clearly, clearly had an impact on the squad, which I'm sure Eddie Howe would have anticipated. But um, we haven't had the return for it you'd like to have hoped from from going for it. Um, but those key players like Maxi and Bruno uh, in particular. It, 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 well, and, and Callum Wilson to be fair all three were excellent in the games they did play Maxi's been at his absolute best so far this season Bruno when when he's playing on midfield has a totally different level Wilson just the same start the season really well and he's going to be a huge miss now Isaac is a great signing and I'm excited to see more of him but there was it wasn't just losing key players it was losing key players he looked like they were about to start the season really really well um, Matty Target is, is obviously included in that conversation as well so it's it's not just that, that we've we've lost injuries. We've lost all of our best players who are all about to about to kick on because this this was Wilson's season. It's like right, come on, prove that you're going to stay fit and score twenty goals. Bruno, he's, he's he's made his introduction, first full season of the Premier League. You've had a season uh, a summer to kind of bulk up and and really shows your worth. And then um, same with Maxi, like this is his last chance really because there was a lot of conversation about whether he moves on, whether he's right for Eddie Howe. He'd start the season looking like he absolutely was right for Eddie Howe on this team. So. It's, it's been particularly brutal for us that losing those players at the times we have.
3: I will say, though, what's been good about losing those players, if you, you know, because we're relentlessly positive now, and I'm just going to mine all of this for positivity, is that we've been able, you know, and Alex, you touched on it before, we've been able to play still good football. And we've also been able to, um, to see... Eg. Elliot Anderson, come like Elliot Anderson wouldn't have got a shout if Bruno and John Joe Shelby were not um, injured. Like he just, you might get cup games, but he he wasn't going to play any first team football. And he has looked so at ease and so comfortable on the ball, on the pitch in front of fifty two thousand people at Saint James's Park. That is brilliant to see. He came on at um, at Lamfield, like against Liverpool. This this kid, like that, like what a what an amazing thing it is to be able to give him that opportunity and like to have that um to be able to see him as well so those are that's a really positive thing that's come out of this from my perspective um and to know that we have that kind of homegrown talent as well um and they've been you know everybody else has kind of stepped up to the plate in a way that like um I just didn't expect, maybe, and maybe that, and maybe that's harsh of me. But all of the play- like you said at the top, there, side, Dan Byrne was, you know, he played so well in positions that were not his own. So that has to be the standout thing for me of the first sort of six, seven games that we've seen, Alex. Like it, the opportunity that it's that our injuries have afforded our, you know, reserve players, and how well that they've done with that opportunity.
2: I think what's important now uh, to, to to put in a Cy Campbell a negative spin on things slightly um, is it, it, regardless of whether we get all these lads back from injury we need to start picking up some wins and we've got a, a set of fixtures now that will really tell us where we're at. I think after six games we're in the conversation we're certainly not not out of it we're certainly not having a much worse season than anyone is expecting. would have liked a few more points on the board but here we are. We've got to, we've got three games in a row now that we should be taking a minimum of seven points from. And if we don't, then you've got to start questioning, well, when are we going to start you know, putting everyone together? And I think that's in, independent of the lads coming back from injury. We should be beating Bournemouth at home. We should be beating Brentford at home. And we should really be beating Fulham. I, I, I don't care about Alexander Midovich. We should be beating Fulham. Um, then you get into yeah, Everton at home, Villa at home. Our next, we should win all of our home games up to the World Cup, like we really should. Um, we're so good at home and I think that's another thing to mention, like, we, we're so good and St James's Park is such a wonderful place to to play football at the minute that all those home games we have to start putting turning it into three points and we do need to win an away game it, it's been an issue for a while now hmm. Fulham's the place to start because then we've got probably the two hardest away games in the league after that because uh, Man United certainly looks a really challenging place to go and then Spurs obviously um, but yeah, we, we need to start winning football matches sometime and I hope you're right Alex I hope we've had a bad look with injuries and then we'll get them back but if we don't we're gonna to have to find a way because otherwise the season becomes a bit of a write-off if we get really unlucky with injuries and it goes on and whilst it could be forgiven for that reason I really just hope it doesn't go that way
1: yeah fair enough well said I think we'll leave it there quite a short show this week because there was no football um, we'll be back definitely after the Bournemouth game, uh, Sunday morning podcast for that one on the free show. And if you like what we do, join us and pay it in £8 a month. We would appreciate it massively, as would do the 800 or so who uh, who sign up for the extra content. Thanks to you, Cy and Charlotte. I really appreciate it. Lovely to chat to you both. Speak to you all very soon. Bye-bye.